Hello and welcome to the Daily Catholic Catechism Podcast. My name is Dan and it's a pleasure to have you here. Today is November 12th and we will be reading paragraphs 2471 through 2478. And just yesterday we started the 8th commandment, so we'll continue with that. And uh, specifically the section called To Bear Witness to the Truth. And uh, today is the Feast of St. Josephat. Uh, we begin in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Roman numeral 2, to bear witness to the truth. Before Pilate, Christ proclaims that he has come into the world to bear witness to the truth. The Christian is not to be ashamed, then, of testifying to our Lord. In situations that require witness to the faith, the Christian must profess it without equivocation after the example of St. Paul before his judges. We must keep a clear conscience toward God and toward men. The duty of Christians is to, the duty of Christians to take part in the life of the church impels them to act as witnesses of the gospel and of the obligations that flow from it. The witness is a transmission of the faith in words and deeds. Witness is an act of justice that establishes the truth or makes it known. All Christians, by, ex by the example of their lives and the witness of their word, wh wherever they live, have an obligation to manifest the new man which they have put on in baptism and to reveal the power of the Holy Spirit by whom they were strengthened at confirmation. Martyrdom is the supreme witness given to the truth of the faith. It means bearing witness even unto death. The martyr bears witness to Christ who died and rose, to whom he is united by charity. He bears witness to the truth of the faith and of Christian doctrine. He endures death through an act of fortitude. Let me become the food of the beasts through whom it will be given me to reach God. The church has painstakingly collected the records of those who persevered to the end in witnessing to their faith. These are the acts of the martyrs. They form the, the archives of truth written in letters of blood. Neither the pleasures of the world nor the kingdoms of this age will be of any use to me. It is better for me to die in order to unite myself to Christ, Jesus, than to reign over the ends of the earth. I seek him who died for us. I desire him who rose for us. My birth is approaching. I bless you for having judged me worthy from this day and this hour to be counted among your martyrs. You have kept your promise, God of faithfulness and truth. For this reason and for everything, I praise you, I bless you, I glorify you through the eternal and heavenly high priest, Jesus Christ, your beloved Son. Through him who is with you and the Holy Spirit, May glory be given to you now and in the ages to come. Amen. Roman numeral three, offenses against the truth. Christ's disciples have put on the new man, created after the likeness of God and, and true righteousness and holiness. By putting away falsehood, they are to put away all malice and all guile and insincerity and envy and all slander. False witness and perjury, when it is made publicly, a statement contrary to the truth takes on a particular gravity. In court, it becomes false witness. When it is under oath, it is perjury. 
Acts such as these contribute to condemnation of the innocent, exoneration of the guilty, or the increased punishment of the accused. They gravely compromise the exercise of justice and the fairness of judicial decisions. Respect for the reputation of persons forbids every attitude and word likely to cause them unjust, unjust injury. He becomes guilty of rash judgment who even tacitly assumes as true without sufficient foundation the moral fault of a neighbor, of detraction who without objectively valid reason discloses another's faults and failings to persons who did not know them, of calumny who by remarks contrary to the truth harms the reputation of others and gives occasion for false, false judgments concerning them. To avoid rash judgment, everyone should be careful to interpret in so far as possible his neighbor's thoughts, words, and deeds in a favor favorable way. Every good Christian ought to be more ready to give a favorable interpretation to another's statement than to condemn it. But if he cannot do so, let him ask how the other understands it, and if the latter understands it badly, let the former correct him with love. If that does not suffice, let the Christian try all suitable ways to bring the other to a correct interpretation, so that he may be saved. Thus ends our reading today from the Catechism of the Catholic Church. The website is dailycatholiccatechism.com, and you can email me at dailycatholiccatechism at gmail.com. God bless you all, and may these teachings handed down by the Apostles of Christ strengthen your faith and lead you to everlasting life. Amen.